0: There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied.
1: The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a
0: definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch, and I paid a pretty hefty price.
1: Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Skinwalker Watch Along episode four. We are officially halfway through the Watch Along already. And it's myself, Andy, and my co host, Dan. Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am awesome. I shouldn't really say this evening, should I, because someone could be listening this in the morning. So if it's the morning when you're listening to this, good morning. If it's the afternoon, good afternoon. And you know, if it's sometime in the future where a nuclear holocaust has darkened the skies and we no longer have day or night, then you know, best of luck with whatever you're doing and you're surviving. So well done. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, but anyway, this is a Patreon early access exclusive. So thank you for everyone supporting on Patreon. Released slightly later than planned due to scheduling conflicts over the weekend But it will be out this Monday night the 29th of June So look for that dropping into your Patreon feed And then it will be going live on the main feed for everyone free of charge On Friday the somethingth of July That would be Friday the 3rd of July at 9am UK time So awesome Dan, are we good to get straight into recording things, yeah? Yeah, for sure, let's go awesome. for it. Um, so, oh, I was going to ask you though, wasn't I? Uh, your thoughts so far on the first three episodes?
0: You were. <clears throat> uh, I think it's a, it's a strong opening. Uh, we've, we've established the kinds of things that happen on the ranch. We've established the geography of the ranch. We've established who's here, uh, the kind of resources they have, um, and who in the new team is. Um, so, yeah, this is a pretty exciting episode to get into this one. Um, it really steps up a notch again.
1: Yeah, it, we said that last episode, didn't we, that we felt it had kind of kicked up a gear. This one definitely starts to sh- shift into seventh gear in Brandon's Batmobile. So, yeah, it definitely <laughs> kicks off. So, folks, if you're ready, as always, myself and Dan are watching an ad-free version of the show. Um, just a file that we have got is 40, 41, 42 minutes long. Um, we'll do a 3, 2, 1, and then hit play. So, if you're ready, folks, we're going to go 3, 2, 1, play. You should have previously and the shot of the ultra cool drone, and um, that had poor connection, so that would getting taken back to the shop. And again, some awesome little recaps here of what happened in episode three. I mean, who would be so sad to triangulate positions on a map? That is just tragic, <laughs> isn't it, Dan? What's your thoughts on triangulation points on a map?
0: Uh, I will say that it does uh, approximately
1: triple the length of each episode when you're stopping <laughs> and putting <laughs> points on a map. <laughs> So yeah, if you didn't catch Dan's map that you should have on Twitter, we'll make sure it's retweeted again um, for for this episode coming out. But it's some absolutely stellar work done on there, uh, on your part, Dan. Um, We obviously had at the end of the last episode a bit of a tease with the potential pile of bones on the floor. Um, That's right. Now, they use a pretty cool snake camera, don't they here, Um, on the... I keep wanting to do air quotes and only Dan's going to get to see them when I say (laughs) pile of bones, because it turns out to be a pretty small pile, doesn't it?
0: It does. And they do say that the wall is pretty thick, which would make quite a bit of rubble. Um, The bit they seem to be concerned with is the darker coloured stuff, which they say uh, in a minute, I think they say it looks like uh, something that's been burned.
1: Yes, there is the mention of burned skin. There is the mention of blood there is teeth, there is bones, um, but yeah. Can I get straight into the conversation on that? Like, re- what did you think of the pile at the end of the last episode? Is this just another case of bringing the case, and it's a magnet? Uh, is this the same sort of anticlimactic thing for you, or do you think this was a pretty good little reveal? Potentially.
0: I mean, when when I was writing my notes, I wrote exactly that it was you know a bit too dramatic, but then that was. I basically forgotten that it wasn't resolved because of something big that happens in the episode. Um, they move on from it fairly quickly. Um, I won't mention it till we get there. But we don't get a resolution, but there's a, a very good reason for that.
1: Yeah, and, and they do move on from it. And it is kind of just like, oh, this could be something. And we just totally forget about it. And it's not a spoiler to say we don't really come back to it, do we, in the rest of the series?
0: No, we don't. Um, I made no he to say, just, I hope we get something more in season two. Even if they say, hey, remember those bones from season one? That was nothing.
1: Yeah, that could be the, um, the trailer that opened season two. Remember those bones? <laughs> yeah, that was nothing. But we have some exciting stuff around this time. Do you know what did kinda of, I was thinking about, right? So you've got Candace and Tom who are the caretakers of the ranch and they, they do the kind of day-to-day dealings with the cattle, the the farming of the land, and you know, keeping the active ranch part of things that people forget about kinda of going. But they they've said they've had a lot of spooky goings on within the house. And the title of this uh, this episode four is High Strangeness, okay? Which encompasses all kinds of different incidents and paranormal events, spooky goings on. Now, this, this wall that you can see here is pretty thick. And the quote that is used, I think it was Travis's, it was made to seal something in or keep something out. They don't seal the and wall back it. up. Yeah, they, they open it and then just, just leave it. And I yeah. didn't realise till watching it back for researching this episode, I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to do the Patreon exclusive and say shit. So um, they just left that open. Now, if you are talking about something evil being in there or let's just put the cards on the table, some kind of evil spirit being locked in there or some interdimensional portal that um, a concrete wall would stop something getting through, it's just been left open.
0: Yeah. It it reminded me, when I was younger, I remember Burger King did a promotion when Ghostbusters came out. It's taking me back now. And um, they did empty cans with the Happy Meals. And it was a ghost in a can, basically. And I remember my sister terrifying me by threatening to open this can. And that's exactly what this made me think of.
1: I remember <laughs> like, that. <laughs> I remember that back when Happy Meal toys and Burger King toys were cool. Um, because as children, we didn't eat and swallow them. So now you have to have a small teddy normally as part of your Happy Meal, which is absolutely yeah, tragic. That's good yeah absolutely but do you know what given um series such as this and the unidentified which is now officially coming out on the 11th of july maybe the next Mm -hmm. series of happy meal toys or burger king toys or you know whichever kind of restaurant you choose to eat in um vegan friendly options are available maybe it'll be like ufos and little et's and stuff like (laughs) that that would be cool
0: everything on the menu will be unidentified it'd be awkward to order
1: (laughs) that would be pretty cool i'll have the unidentified (laughs) burger what meat do you use with that um i can't tell you sir That's classified. I like it. I'll take two. (laughs) That's a whole chain of restaurants we have just came up with right there. Every every items are identified. You know what do you want to drink? Yeah, you don't have an option. You just get a soda or a pop or a juice, whatever you want, whichever country. You're, you're based in. You know, I do feel, not to go too off topic, but I'm starting to talk in more American terms given the, the population of listeners based in the US. So apologies to any British listeners or anyone based further afield than that. So listen, anyway, they're getting back okay. to the um, the renovation part of the show here where they are. Travis is smashing through the concrete wall like the Brad Pitt warrior. Yeah, You can see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there is a lot of rubble. There is. And, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? That you've, you've probably just contaminated that whole area that you've uh, you've talked about there being a pile of ash because there is definitely a pile of ash now but it's mainly concrete wall that you've smashed in yeah same with that pipe right you know the the ventilation you can see above them Mm -hmm. does that also go into the room or is that separately?
0: Yeah over it I think they say there's no there's no kind of holes in the walls or any way for anything to get in and out
1: I mean, it's pretty dusty. So Thomas being the absolute champion that he is gets right in He's there. He's so saying, Yeah, he is. He's Considering like, what's happened to him, him as
0: well.
1: Yeah, that's it. You he would think? think Travis might have been the one that would have went, look, I'll I'll take this one. But Travis, again, just decides I'll step back and let you carry on in that really, really dusty, asbestos filled room, Thomas. So, but yeah, T- Thomas has been an absolute champ in knocking through the wall. So it's maybe a bit of a slower start to the episode. If you've seen that renovation programme where the two brothers, the identical twins, go in and remodel people's homes, it's a little bit like <laughs> that to kick off.
0: It did make me laugh. It's a very uh maybe macho is the wrong word, male moment. No, you know, I, like I, I how see, do all, Let's go. See what you mean though.
1: I see what you mean though. We've got we've got some hammers, we can knock some stuff in. Right now I can't see how I, I can... do though, so you know yeah just smashing through after you spent the night on the ranch <laughs> which i have already said i would absolutely not do i would stay in one of thomas's uh previously owned hotel or motel chains that he he owned uh guess. Owned so there's, there's to the breakfast stuff. today after. see see if it was me like the, the, and we're going to get to the bones in a second right he's gave him a little dustpan to kind of pick things up could it not just be like a rat or a mouse that was in there It could have been, but I guess it's
0: strange that there's a single one in there and there's no entrance or exit
1: to it except for the hole they just made. You know, it's it's a little strange. Is that true, though? Because there's no entrance or exit from this side when they break through, but we don't really see the rest of the room in detail, so there could still be some kind of small crevice or gap or or something that something squeezed through, maybe. I, I don't know, but...
0: yeah. I, I think I think I'm thinking of when they put the camera through the smaller mm-hmm. hole. Uh, they mentioned there was no other way in, um, but they had limited vision then. So you know yeah. that might have changed once they got in there and had a look around.
1: Well, they've they've got their bag of dust and bones anyway, and, and they're pulling themselves out. And do you know what? At this point of the episode, you think halfway through the season, we really need something to kind of kick on and wet your appetite, and we do get that coming up. So we won't we won't go into that we just do. yet. Um, but yeah, we're going to get to see you back in the command centre in just a second as we see the room. And I'm kind of having a little look around to see if we can uh, see any other kind of holes and entrances. But it, it does look pretty well sealed off. So Travis and Thomas look very keen in getting out of that very dusty little area. And it seems I've just told the caretakers, look, sorry we made a bit of a mess. Um, you can, you can <laughs> find Brandon will pick up the bill for that one, I'm sure. It's the new wine cellar. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, So Candice and Tom are in the command centre with Travis, Eric and Thomas and they're just all discussing the kind of pile of bones and we get to see some of the cool tech being used where they've got um, a very cool microscope to to analyse the material that's just been found. So what what were you thinking at this point, Dan?
0: That I want to fill a bag with all of Eric's toys and just go out on the ranch. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know... He seems to have so many cool little bits of kit there.
1: It does. And do you know? Do you know what I was thinking though? So earlier in the series, we had the the whole episode where they were going down the not the sinkhole, but you know, in the mesa, they had the cracks that opened up and they found parts of the. Oh, That was a around. sinkhole.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, was so, there a sinkhole
1: there. Yeah. Could they not stick the camera on a rope down there with a little light on it and kind of look and see what's down there, how far it goes down? That that wasn't attempted or not they could. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. That's just been kinda left. I, I guess I guess that might come back
0: to what Thomas said to you with this is more of an observation time. Um and you know that they, they know that hole's there and Brandon can get some amazing robots and pop them down and see what's there, you know.
1: Yeah, season two, they might go all out and be, okay, first episode, we're gonna put one thousand pounds of TNT and blow a hole <laughs> in the side of the mesa because we think there might be a huge UFO craft behind that wall and we want to see what's in there? Uh, probably it, not. If digging with the spade gets a reaction? <laughs> I mean, Yeah. But listen, the, the phrase that's coming up soon is poking the hornet's nest, so if you want to blow up the hornet's nest and see what's inside, that's always an option. But yeah, so they're looking at the, the stuff just now. This is one of the bits I will go back to. my tried and tested, slightly over-dramatized because it could be a whole lot of nothing that they're All looking right, at please. just now eric gave
0: them a little look then uh someone said "Is it skin and he kind of gives this for a brow look that yeah. i think is very much on your side
1: <laughs> yeah uh, so that's what i got as well i get the impression that travis who is now in three weeks gone from total non-believer to signing up to Stephen greer's ce5 app and attending seances <laughs> in the middle of the desert um he is all for this being et bones and and i'm exaggerating but you know he's he's really finding the, the the mystery and everything, which is great, especially in a, a show like this. And we have to remember it as entertainment. But Eric, you're quite right, still tries to stay pretty grounded. And I love how Eric can get really excited about stuff, but he's still like, like there's yeah. another one of those looks where he's like, eh, really? Yeah, like,
0: it's, it's the look we all do when we kind of read that David Wilcock tweet, don't we? <laughs> just really. <reading.
1: laughs> Other tweets are available. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a lot a lot looking at the t v. Eric seems mildly unimpressed, you know it's very much left with a you know this could be something look at the teeth and bones, but I can imagine Eric's conversation off camera has very much been yeah it could be nothing though folks it's a a bag of dust. I mean, I hear there's some rockets arriving on site soon so you know maybe we could go and play with those you know let's let's <laughs> head outside and play with the rockets that are arriving. you would have a point if that were to happen. <clears throat> Yeah, because we're going to get some cool high-altitude experiments coming back in. I can't ever help but when you see the command centre kind of having a look about the background and stuff and just looking on those TVs and monitors and have they left any Easter eggs or anything in there to to look at. So things are going to get interesting now, Dan, aren't they? So we've we've had our kind of follow-on from the end of episode three, and this is definitely where things go into, kind of fourth and fifth gear in the series uh, for the rest of the show. So we've got the cattle arriving on the ranch, We've got, I believe, is it 40 cattle arriving? And Batman I think that's right, yeah. Batman Alert, there's Brandon. So Brandon tells us about previous cattle mutilations, which is something that was touched on earlier in the series, but will definitely become more prevalent as the, the next couple of episodes go on. This is something and one of the main things that's always fascinated me with the UA, UFO, UAP phenomena, especially about Skinwalker Ranch is any kind of cattle mutilations and the reasons it could be behind it. Um, he talks about you know no blood, blood being drained completely from animals, uh, incisions made with like surgical precision. Yeah, so uh, cattle mutilations are a, a really interesting thing for me because it, it just can't be a bunch of high school kids or you know students or grown men kicking about in the desert draining blood from animals. And there's no way some of these things have yeah. been done by by like coyotes and wild animals.
0: Absolutely agree. There are like, they're just too many stories where, you know, we're, we're talking such small amounts of time between the people seeing the animal and then finding the animal like that. It's it's insanity. It's the only bit of the phenomena that creeps me out a little bit, you know, like it's, it's worrying. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't want any of us to end up going through that.
1: And, you know, like when you, when you hear about so many things with the UFO phenomena and people going missing and abductions and you don't know that this doesn't happen. And, you know, the reasons behind it, why when you hear about this potentially being, you know, one of the theories is that the planet's a bit of an experiment potentially. And are these different entities that are up there, they've got different agendas, you know, some are friendly, some aren't so friendly, some of them don't particularly care and it's just different people kind of toying with the human race and different species that are on the planet then why wouldn't they kind of pick these things up see what they are and sometimes they throw them back but then sometimes they don't you know we do we go fishing some of them get thrown back some of them don't so um it's, it's a pretty interesting kind of theory anyway and they do talk about the cattle being used by bigelow previously in these bait pens and that's, again, something that will come up in one of the later episodes that caused a bit of controversy with the, the alpacas. Now, they don't ever yeah, say they're it, going to use these as bait, but more of a, a warning system, potentially, and a behavioural study, which which to me seems fair enough. Bait,
0: bait pen, I remember during a Twitter conversation, uh, Brandon posted that bait pen was a term that was left over from the Bigelow uh, era. So they were kind of... Change in the terms so now they're kind of more observation towers
1: sounds a lot nicer one man's tenor is another man's freedom fighter isn't it, it's, it be, yeah. tomato tomato they're they always brought on with
0: the best intentions it seems but it always seems to go wrong um yeah. like i said in the in our last episode it would be great if we could get biomonitors on the cows they thomas mentioned yes. they have trackers here but there's no pulse or you know can you, I assume you can get them, I
1: might be wrong. That's like the old, you know, you can milk anything with nipples. Can you get a pulse from a cow? <laughs> I don't know. That That's something we'll have go, to look go, up after so. <laughs> them. Can, can you get a pulse from a cow? <laughs> the so they're going to talk about one of my favourite incidents from the Sherman's time in Skinwalker Ranch. a great story. Yeah, and I think this is one of the first things that really got me interested, is that the, the Shermans were out one day, middle of the day. Cattle were just kind of mulling around in one of the pens. They headed off for a few minutes, came back, and all the cattle were gone. There was not a sound to be heard, and they had turned up inside one of the porter cabins. It was basically next to the pen, and were standing in a transcatatonic state. <coughs> um, yes. And have you read what, Secret Machines? I, I have listened to the first part of it. I am using an audiobook just for my own schedule and time. Um, I don't get to read as much so, as I used to.
0: I'll, I'll try and be spoiler free just because it's a, it's a, you know, it's quite a cool story. There's a, there's a particular bit uh, where a group of others referred to as the hive um, take over a bunch of cows around a character and they all are said to be just in a trance surrounded uh, this one character. I won't say who. Um, but it, this reminded me exactly of that. You know, that... that. Uh, oh, Sorry, rather, the, the cat was in the trailer reminded me exactly of that. Just all being in a trance, just not yeah. behaving how they normally behave. And then at a certain moment, they snap out of it and just lose it because they just don't know where they are or what's happening.
1: And, and that's one of those things. Has it been lifted directly from this? But there's so many incidents like that. And again, it's just... It's that whole thing about the ranch or whatever's behind the phenomena, toying with people on the ranch, toying with the, the livestock, toying with the people. Um, I think we're about to see a bit of that coming up as well, aren't we, as we get into the kind of rocket we rocket are. experiment as well. Um, but yeah, the cattle mutilation side of things is, is pretty interesting, pretty intriguing. It's that next step up from crop circles for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Making science is one thing. Turning living things into science is another <laughs>
1: Yeah, and here's something I like. They've got another graduate from the university, so this is Brandon Hugo. She's so happy. Yeah, she looks so happy to be there. What I will say in a minute. She does. I love her energy. In a minute, if you're watching along with us, if you watch when they're looking for that thing in the sky that appears, she doesn't appear to be looking in the same direction as them, and I'm sure at one point it doesn't even look like she's got her eyes open as she's looking up, as if, like, oh, I'm not as into this as you guys. I'm just a student who got asked to come along. But this is the kind of thing that, that another one these experiments that they've spent, obviously, a bit of money on. But again, it's still a pretty basic experiment for a, what I'm guessing they're looking to do down the line. Because this is one of those things. They do get something from it. And you'd imagine they're looking to take this to the next level next time.
0: Yeah, for sure. They, You know, this gives them, as opposed to the balloons, this gives them a, a more direct, but it's reading. I mean, do, you an know, idea do you know of what the, would be uh, good? The
1: readings if like, if if someone involved in skinwalker ranch owned a helicopter and they would just put that helicopter i don't know on autopilot you know i'm sure that wouldn't be out with the realms of possibility and just fly it straight up and just see what happens
0: it might hurt, though, I would say.
1: <laughs> but do you know what? I mean, if you can afford one helicopter, you can probably afford a second, right? So why not just put those instruments, strap them to the, the bottom of the chopper and just fly them up straight up in the air? That, that, would be a, that would be a way to do this. But maybe that'll be the second series.
0: Is that yeah. like going to be the cliffhanger at the end of season two? Brandon getting in the helicopter,
1: flying it straight up, do you just know what? disappearing and we won't know. <laughs> can we think of a much better cliffhanger? He's great. <laughs> no one hears from Brandon Fugel no. after that point until the start of the third series. <laughs> He's that kind of guy that would have that commitment to the craft that, yeah, I'm going to stay totally off the radar. So I think Brandon about, lives. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're going to do this experiment now. So they're going to basically, like last time they launched the, the balloons and we got some good data off the back of that. However, this time they want to send rockets straight up into the air. Um, which I love the idea that this is proper like science one oh one for these guys, and they can tell they really enjoy these type of experiments as well. So the rocket goes up, but doesn't seem to make it as far as they want. So it's kind of all over the place, and comes back down to Earth.
0: You know, the first time I watched it, I thought it hit something. I had to like go back five seconds because it changes direction like pretty quickly, or at least it looks like. Uh, but. Watching it back, obviously, it doesn't hit anything. But I seems, pretty excited. It
1: seems like a proper like frat house game where, you know, like I was watching Grown Ups the other day, the Adam Sandler movie, and there's that bit yeah. where they shoot an arrow straight up into the air and then you have to kind of run away from the arrow. This is <laughs> it's almost what happens at one point because they start to go, oh, wait, that, that thing's now a missile. And you can kind of see them looking as if like, oh, no, where's this thing's going to come down? But it does land a, a, a ways away from them. So Thomas go Do a great job finding it. it. They do. They, they find it pretty quick. I imagine that was probably a good like hour and a half, two hours worth of looking, potentially. And they've made it look good yeah. for the cameras. So the stuff's a little bit busted. They've got plenty of equipment anyway. Um, the idea being they've got one of the, the meters for readings plugged into a cell phone, just a kind of cheap Samsung. I'm a Samsung fanboy, as most most people would, would find out or want to know. Um, but yeah, so they've used that, as I watch this on my iPad. Um, that dan recommended a few months ago it it does it's it's the best of both worlds so they're going to go with a second rocket which i love that they're straight back in there second rocket time this one seems to go well dan but something happens here and there's a lot to talk about so i don't think we're potentially spoiling it too much by if you want to launch straight into what what's about to happen uh the ufo it is the ufo and do you know what's funny about that? So that first rocket that went up, it didn't go well. And the, and what surprised me, given what they've talked about in the rest of the show, whenever something's happened and they've made like a point of pointing out, oh, this was really mysterious or this was really that, was there no potential foul play or messing with the experiment by any outside forces? They just seem to accept that the first rocket didn't really work. Whereas it, it
0: kind of speaks to them the not being dramatic as people, you know,
1: yeah. if that's the case. And that, that's fair enough that they've went along with, nope, this part of the experiment just didn't work. I think they used the phrase, like, you know, this happens with rockets sometimes. and So here they've got the second rocket. They know what they're looking to do. They're taping stuff to it. And like you've said, Dan, the, the UFO is going to appear in the sky. What was your thoughts? Because we're now four episodes in and we get our first proper glimpse of a UFO caught during filming. We've seen clips and we've seen bits of newspaper clippings, but the cattle are going a bit mad just now. Um as you would kind of expect if something was going to happen. I,
0: I didn't really expect the UFO this early in the season. I thought this would be a kind of, you know, the cliffhanger thing. Um but it wasn't. a smack bang in the middle of the episode. It's not at the end of the season. You know, it, it's fascinating, an absolutely fascinating event. Uh, we, we know that Eric checks it, um, doesn't find anything there it could be. yeah. So we the, can see that it doesn't look the same as the plane in the sky there as well.
1: Definitely not. And I think when you first see it as well, you don't appreciate that it blinks in and out within a certain amount of time. And we'll get to see that soon yeah. back in the command center. But there is definitely something in the sky. And there's the girl who's the student looking in a totally different direction. And that <laughs> might just be an editing flaw if the thing has disappeared. But yeah, so there's yeah. the UFO. It's your typical bright spot in the daylight. But it does tie in with the fact they've just sent a rocket up. So again, it's that whole idea that there may be something above the ranch. There is a potential source of energy above the ranch. They're talking about measuring gamma rays potentially up there that can be really dangerous and here we have some things appeared for them. The the, the reaction that is my favourite is Dragon, who seems proper childlike in his wonderment that this UFO has appeared. He seems genuinely a bit awestruck by it, and he's quite excited even when he's being interviewed, which I love. So there there goes the second rocket. uh, It's nice to
0: see, though, because this is what happens, right, when you see these uh, these craft these lights in the sky that, that's exactly the feeling that kind of overcomes you like the universe is suddenly new again
1: yeah it's, it's really odd like i say I, I talked about some of my experiences recently on dead hand radio and um the, the first podcast before i started that ufo podcast um on tessa Mauro's paranormal prowlers i talked about seeing a kind of triangle craft driving home from work last year um and yeah it's just it's an odd feeling an odd experience and I would do things you wish you could go back and oh I could have grabbed my phone and but I was driving at the time and going pretty fast and it was on a really kind of dark road and yeah there was this triangle and if I could have just tried to film it and it's so clear in your mind but it is like a really for me it was a really odd feeling when you see it
0: yeah I agree hopefully one day Elon Musk will make it so we can just show people our memories that would be
1: stellar I, I would be all up for that. And that would probably get some of the the kind of fakers out there as well. Yeah. Again, like I said before, the beauty of this whole topic, you only need one of these stories to be right for it to be the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. That's it. They can all be false and all be Absolutely. fake. But if, if only one of them turns out to be true, that's that's all you need, which is which is amazing. So here we go back and Dragon seems a little bit pale almost, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's probably uh taken aback by it he's still looking out there he's still pointing this girl his eyes
0: properly imagining
1: (laughs) yeah you can tell by his eyes he's reliving this whole incident again like absolutely loving what he's seen travis is really excited and i love how again in three weeks travis has turned around to yeah obviously you've seen a ufo you know (laughs) we've, we've disturbed the ranch Stuff's happened, you know, we've obviously just seen proof of alien existence. So yeah, this, this is it. Aliens exist. Travis is so excited about it. I would love to get Travis from three weeks ago beside Travis of now and just have them talk to each other and watch the arguments and so. But again, they're pointing out the bad. cattle, aren't they? The cattle have moved over to one side of the ranch. They're behaving erratically, behaving really oddly. They've all grouped together. And again, is that something to do with the, the UFO appearing? It's affecting the cattle, that's that warming sign they talked about and the change in behaviors, the erratic behavior.
0: And there is more later this season where that happens as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's worth noting that they're moving away from those areas uh, and are sensing something. There are biosensors. We have to listen to them, right?
1: That's it. And again, if, if you had those kind of Apple smartwatches on the, on the cows, that would be great to get kind a of track and, you know, what they were doing at the time but here we go we've got the ufo back and very luckily it appears beside some kind of i'm guessing it's a commercial jet and this is something remember they've shown us they've got the technology to check what's in the sky at the time so they'll be able to go back and look and see what that jet was what that plane was and to the to the left hand side of it this ufo has clearly come back in and it does seem to be like phasing in and out of wherever it is you can't really tell from the camera movements Um, Because even this, I'm guessing, $100,000 camera that is filming this show, the cameraman cannot keep it steady as he films the UFO. So it just goes to show you, even if you've got your little crappy smartphone or your 1994 over-the-shoulder-mounted JVC Panasonic, you know, handheld camera, or you've got a state-of-the-art piece of kit, you still can't keep a steady shot when you're filming a UFO. But it's totally gone. It's totally gone.
0: The further you zoom, the shaky your shot's going to be. Yeah, it's impossible.
1: And I think naturally the adrenaline and stuff when you when you do kind of have these experiences or see anything, it's it, it's difficult to see. Did you see the the yeah. the Poland UFO that's been doing the rounds the last week on on Twitter and Facebook? Go on. It was um in a field, and this guy's taking a pretty clear shot of what appears to be a UFO in the field. Now, Jason Glebes, who I interviewed in episode three, he done some analysis of the image and said it was definitely a a real image. It wasn't superimposed, wasn't CGI. But just today, um, it's done the rounds. It's made all the kind of big websites and stuff as well. And, you know, things that Bible all picked up on it as, is this a genuine UFO? It does look pretty vintage. Um, It looks like a 1950s type UFO, However, Philip Mantle of Flying Disc Press, who I believe is one of the people who got a hold of the photo originally, he's basically came out today and said that they know for a fact it's a hoax, even though initially they were quite excited about it and they're going to release in the next couple of days the information as to why they know it's a hoax. So that's a bit unfortunate. It looked like a pretty clear picture. It was pretty good. But again, more than likely one of those... And that's is a problem, isn't it? That if it if it looks too good it looks too good and if it's if it's shaky and poor quality then it's ah it's not good enough why couldn't you get a better picture and where is that in yeah, between absolutely because anything you see in we, between it's not it's still not good enough
0: yeah absolutely and that's why it's different when you see these things yourself you know it it takes all of that guessing out of it
1: and, and yeah, they make you do cool.
0: your standard you you check your stars you check your flights you check your, your orbits for satellites and yeah, just you, you, you cut all that figure away.
1: And I know for a fact as well, it's, it's one of those things, you know when you look at a scene with your eyes and you then put a camera phone up to it and no matter how good the phone is or a, a proper camera, it never quite takes the scene the way you, you see it with your eyes. Things just Absolutely. don't look the same. That's how I feel. Even if I did manage to, to film or take a picture of the object I seen in the sky that night, it wouldn't have looked the same. It would have looked really far away. And it wasn't, it was a couple of hundred feet near above the tree line. Um, you would have seen two po- two small lights. I doubt you would have even made out the triangle. You could only see the triangle with like, your eyes. And that's the kind of frustration, you know, human eyes are an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Potentially bioengineered the, by one of these entities, but who knows? The, the last uh, video I got of something I saw. I literally
0: stopped filming because I couldn't see it on the phone screen. And it was only the next day when I bumped up all the image quality that you can clearly see the light kind of there yeah. where I thought it was. <clears throat> I wish I would have film more.
1: Well, I mean, you say that and look at what they're doing now. So they've got some really state-of-the-art equipment here. They're zooming right in. And this time you get a 10-second shot of this light with all its different kind of points and, again, just the pixelation and whatnot. But it clearly That's comes so into bright. existence and in almost goes back out and if you talk about things being interdimensional multi-dimensional coming from different realities then this is probably a really good example of one of those things where it seems to come into existence in this plane of existence and then disappear again it's not one of those doesn't seem to be a solid object coming in and flying away
0: yeah for sure it it makes me think of like a a toe dipping into a pond to a fish you know Like we're just seeing that little part of it and that's it. And then it's gone.
1: That's a good, yeah, I like Like that. There's a human there. And I love that they bring up Audacity, a free bit of audio software here. Brandon's not quite plump for Adobe Audition. What he (laughs) said is, here you go. You can have Audacity for the first series. It's free. It'll give you the same results. And Eric, like the tripper he is, has got on with it. But I imagine the second season got a bigger budget. Um, and what they're showing here is different frequencies and the sound. And basically, as the the rocket hit the peak altitude, the burst of gamma rays didn't quite get incredible Hulk levels, but they did get some increased readings, enough that they said that thing was screaming. So again, they're getting the measurements. Yeah. They're showing that the source of energy increased as it got higher. If the energy source was down on the ground, it would have decreased. So there's definitely something up in the sky. And again, someone like yourself, Dan, joking about it earlier, those maps you put together shows pretty accurately where they're measuring at this point.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Worth noting, the rockets don't go as high as the balloons did. Um, So hopefully they'll do this again and we'll get some higher altitude readings, so we can kind of see the the broader picture of what's going on there.
1: With the helicopter. With the helicopter, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to ask you, I meant to ask you before, If in the second series of Skinwalker Ranch you could have a special guest appear in one of the episodes, who would it be?
0: Chris Blood. So,
1: really, that's yeah. It would have to
0: be. It'd have to be. Um, I'd completely accept it if he said he didn't want to go because he felt that it wasn't where he should be, though. Um, But I'd really love to see what such a focused, wholesome intention could get out of the ranch
1: that, that's a really good shout i like that how about you uh Mac west no absolutely not um definitely not mr west i can't believe that someone started a GoFundMe to send them out there my god i mean that's, if you're going yeah. to send someone i'll happily i mean me and you dan can go and do a live episode out there that would be pretty cool we can you know pre- we can preview the second series for people um but no absolutely in modern you whole know. tape yeah give your money to charity people you know there's much better and more causes <laughs> and, and sending someone like that out there um but yeah um for me second series i would love to see right so you've had the simpsons and family guy do a crossover you've had like the jetsons and the flintstones do a crossover i'd love to see ttsa obviously get involved and do like a christmas special where the ttsa crew like chris melin Elizondo, tom DeLong, Hal put off all journey along to Skinwalker Ranch and, like, interact with the crew.
0: That'd be pretty good. So, yeah, recount the uh, the stories from all what happened on the ranch. Get Bigelow in there as well, why not?
1: Uh, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon talking to Brandon Fugle. I mean, that would just be a wonderful conversation, right? It would. One that apparently still hasn't happened yet, but you you, you wonder really? if that's still the case. According to people I spoke to Mm. up until a couple of weeks ago, yeah, but I I wonder if that's since changed.
0: There might be a reason for that, you know, cross-contamination of data, or there might be some reason that TTSA don't want to engage with the stranger stuff yet. Yet. Uh, In a a big way. But, I mean, it is yet, isn't it? It's definitely yet. We're getting there. (laughs) I'm very excited for three years' time when the general public are on consciousness to find out what we're going to be on
1: then. <laughs> Absolutely. the um, They're on the phone just now to Brandon, so they've called him as usual. When anything big happens, they've called him up. And uh, it does make me smile now when I hear Brandon talking on the phone and being really dramatic, that I've since found out from Thomas Winterton on Good Authority, he actually talks like that. And he can be just as dramatic ordering the pizzas for lunch. You know, are we getting Dominoes? So, yeah, he... Is, apologies for the accent, folks. But, yeah, he is that dramatic, apparently, in real life. Uh, and he's very excited himself, and I love that about him, that he's got an enthusiasm and passion for the subject and the topic. And from to put the money, he obviously has, because everything you see in this series, he has put the money into it. And the people he's got involved, we, we we can see by now at the end of episode four, are the right people to be doing this and definitely taking it forward as well. But the the episode's sort of wrapping up now, uh, Dan. What's your thoughts then and kind of what's gone on? Because the UFO incident's finally happened. Brandon Fugel just now is talking about one that he's seen previously when he had his experience, and we're getting some very artistic shots of Brandon looking for Lorne in the forest. Um, But, yeah, so what's your thoughts being episode four?
0: It's amazing
1: that we're only,
0: what, four hours or four episodes into the show, um, and we've already seen a UFO. in terms of when you think of how long Bigelow was there, and you wonder what has been seen and what's gone on before, and you think, wow, you know, I know this covers more than just four hours of time, but it seems fairly active to me. Um, the whole team has seen a UFO there now, pretty much, right?
1: Yeah, and you're right, this um, is about a month now. They've been on the ranch roughly four weeks um, filming, so... As much as we've got four episodes out of a month, and they may have had to stretch a few things like the magnet and the briefcase as a reveal, they've still managed to get a decent lot of content into four episodes, and that only increases yeah, as, the, as the next couple of episodes go on as well. So, um, we hear, some, you know, we hear some, on, some information on kind of Bob Bigelow again, and they touch on him now and again as the series go on, but nothing huge. That would be a great guest appearance for season two. That would blow people's minds. So, so maybe that. Had. So yeah, if I can be greedy and I can because it's it's, it's my show. Um, it's our show. This one, Dan, sorry. So I, I would have Bob Bigelow as a guest appearance in season two, and I'll have the TTSa unidentified slash Skinwalker watch along, uh, Skinwalker Ranch show even as a Christmas special. But I'd love I, to I see Brandon and pay Bob good talking. Money for those. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's that box would be conversation that is absolute box office so the what, what about episodes? eric god and eric davis that that <laughs> that that could be interesting eric davis i don't know how much he would be up for something like this at the moment his <laughs> name is maybe out there i think more than he would like but that is i mean i would normally just blow it off and say that's a topic for another time but it literally will be a topic for some time in the next couple of weeks if some of the people yes, that i'm so speaking well. to are coming on to the show um on the main <laughs> feed so So, yeah, we've got some lights on the Mesa. We're getting a bit of a recap now. And it's just bringing things back to your own memory that, look, these lights, these UFOs, these beams, these have been seen for some time now. And we're seeing it again. This is my favorite one, December 23rd, 2017. The one that shoots across the sky, almost like a bit of a meteorite, but it's clearly not and goes behind the Mesa. So, So, yeah, things are kind of ticking along nicely in the Skinwalker Ranch series. Really enjoying it now as well. I think it's been built at a nice pace. It's different enough from the unidentified at this point that you, you don't necessarily compare the two shows, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, and it's it's not even, I think, comparable to something like The Curse of Oak Island or something like that. It's mm-hmm. it's far above um, in terms of what they're trying to do.
1: And just as a, as a bit of a preview for next week that's one of my favorite things in the whole series is when they do the underground imagery and they see what they see we'll just leave it there as uh, a bit of a, a an ending but yeah so that's the end of the episode folks really really enjoyed that one um yeah so we can kind of see where it's going at this point do you remember what you were thinking back when you watched it in real time dan back a few months ago when it was on tv
0: I was eager for... I remember seeing Richard Dolan saying something about cattle mutilation um, around episode five. So I was very, very eager for episode five at this point. um, Thinking, well, if the UFO wasn't the big thing that Richard Dolan walked away from this season with, then what the hell is it that happens in episode five? Uh, The blue is mine so much.
1: That's it. There's a lot of good stuff to come. And at this point for me, it was like, finally given the interest I've got in the subject and topic. Here come the UFOs. It does kick on even further. We've got Linda Moulton Howe appears late in the series. We do have further incidents with the cattle. We've got more incidents with the animals that we'll say right now the alpaca stuff turns out to be kind of something over nothing. Unfortunately, one of the animals does get hurt. But again, that's the the whole ranch lifestyle. Um, But yeah, the series is really kind of coming into its own now. And it does leave you wanting to see the next episode because things are obviously happening on this ranch as they do more and more experiments. So yeah, really enjoying it so far. But Dan, that's about all we've got time for this week. Any any final words?
0: Uh, no.
1: Uh, Fantastic it, it, then, that's a great
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just it was just a great episode. <clears throat> the UFO excited me, partially. I had it in massive letters in my notes. Uh, like you said, it was really what we were all waiting for. And it just blew my mind. There's in episode four, and we're only halfway.
1: Yeah. Just before we finish up, Dan, um, and this isn't Dan, didn't ask me to do this, but um, he did do some artwork recently that has been uh, getting some amazing feedback. If you look on my Twitter feed at UFOUAPAM, you will see the initial logo I started the show with, with the black and white background, is now superimposed on a very colourful badge. Dan, I'll let you discuss the background of the badge, what it was, and what you've kind of made it into. And if people do want to go on and kind of support you and the artwork you've made, and get something really cool for their money as well, how can they do that?
0: Um, This is my first ever plug. Thank you.
1: Um, (laughs) I thought I'd put. I love putting you on the spot now, and I've I've started to kind of enjoy it in a certain way. So,
0: I basically wanted to make something to commemorate. the tic tac event uh and i love the look of mission patches the nasa mission patches you know what they mean what they represent to us as a as a race um so i thought it would be a really good thing to adapt one of the more colorful ones into the the nimitz and princeton and tic tac encounters uh so yeah i did that popped it up everyone seems to love it we're looking to get in some patches done so watch this space i guess for that uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you want it printed on anything like stickers, you can get it on bed sheets. I think. Um, don't feel obliged. Um, <laughs> you you can go to, uh, to infinity, uh, dot Um and you can see everything there. The uh, the the Luis Alessandro artwork, the truth one that I did a few weeks ago, is there too.
1: Nice. Awesome. And do you know what? There's some great stuff. Go back to Dan's Twitter handle at The Signal and you can see the Lou Elizondo truth picture, which has gotten great traction. Lou himself has laid his eyes upon Dan's artwork. So, and it got some glowing feedback to folks. So please go on there and do that. Again, on this show, if you're supporting via Patreon, we've got Mark and Matt have recently signed up on Patreon. Thank you very much for joining the show, folks, and supporting us. It's really appreciated. And every dollar does make a difference, okay? Um, So at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast, if you want to pledge and support the show, we do plan on making some more bonus content soon. On the main feed, this show will always go on. Again, it's kind of difficult times for everyone financially just now, so we always release the shows onto the main feed about a week later. This one being recorded a little bit later. It'll be out on Monday the 29th of June on the Patreon exclusive feed, but you'll be able to listen to it on the main feed from Friday the 3rd of July as well. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week, folks. Thanks.